Welcome to episode two of How Much is Too Much Podcast with me. My name is Alicia Taylor, and this episode is titled Journey of Self-Love because this podcast wouldn't exist if I hadn't really committed to my own journey of genuinely facing my bullshit, owning up to my imperfections, but also understanding my traumas and working through my mistakes along the way with a lot of love, care, and tenderness. And I mean, I think we can all admit that self-love is crucial to true happiness. You know, if you don't love yourself, you're not able to love someone else. If you don't love yourself, you're not able to push yourself past your comfort zone and your, you know, own boundaries. Like it is tied to so many positive things that life is all about, you know? Um, so I think it's, you know, a really important thing to talk about. And I've really dedicated myself in the last three years, you know, specifically, but it's been an ongoing journey throughout my life and it will continue to be an ongoing journey because self-love is not a destination. It is a forever process. And, you know, until you acknowledge that, the like, you're not going to be, get to this point where you're like, yes, I'm all of this and I'm, I'm, exactly what I wanted, you're not going to fully be able to encompass all the motions and waves that come with being entirely whole and in love with yourself. I mean, unapologetically in love with you. Because at the end of the day, you're never going to wake up and be anyone else but yourself. So why are we spending so much time beating ourselves up about being ourselves? You know, there's if you want to change something, Going through your own journey of self-love will help you to tap into those things and do the work. If your, you know, circumstances are against you or you've been dealt, you know, a shitty hand in life, self-love truly helps you to navigate these things. And I believe this wholeheartedly. So um, ultimately, you know, I've struggled with self-love my whole life, um, as many of us do, as we work through our teen years and especially with social media and the day that it now that it is, um, and that, you know, our society is built on comparison. But the reality is that like, we're constantly comparing ourselves to a filter, you know, people aren't posting on social media saying like, oh my God, I literally just found out that, you know, that I'm getting fired today. No, we post about, you know, I got a promotion and I'm so excited for this next chapter. We keep the negative things out and we show a highlight of all the positive things, which is just is what it is. So, you know, first and foremost, take that for what it for the facts that, you know, social media is a part of our life. We're all, you know, tapped into it and it's not reality, though. Your your reality is, you know, what is around you, what you can control and ultimately too, you have to accept the things that you cannot control. And so I was always the heavier friend growing up. Um, All my friends have been 
very skinny. Um, my best friends like in high school, but you know, they never ever once like fat shame me or anything and you know, nothing like that. But it was always this thing. I remember the exact moment when I felt triggered about my body image was like, I think I was like 14 and me and my girlfriends are taking a picture by my friend's pool all in our bathing suits and they all look tiny. They look great. I'm trying to pose with them and I'm mortified at what I'm looking at. I mean, truly mortified. So in that moment, I was like, can we take another photo? And when we did, I got down in front of them and did a really ugly face and a really ugly, like contorted body. And it was like my shield to my insecurities. And so I tapped into my humor and we all know this, the fat, funny friend. Um, And it's unfortunate because, you know, men and women that are overweight, you know, to extent, a lot of times fall into this category of like, well, it's not about my looks, so I got to be funny. Or it's not about my, you know, it can't be my looks, so I have to be really smart. You have to find a different angle to be accepted. And it's bullshit. I mean, really, it's bullshit. Um, because... <laughs> At the end of the day, like when we die and we're no longer on this earth, there's not going to be, no one's going to be at the funeral like, oh, too bad they died fat. Like that is, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it is important to be healthy. I think weight loss and health, it has saved my mental so much, but it's not your definer. So using humor to, you know, protect myself. I, as I grew through that and stuff, I, I realized, you know, when, you know, I got in college, I started getting to my crazy years and partying as we do, um, which was fine. Um, but I was definitely the crazy friend. <laughs> like I'm the one that we go out and we're like, Oh, what story is Alicia going to tell us tonight? Like, and the stories are endless. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, and so really though, I think the pivotal moment of like my true self-love journey started about three, over three years ago when, um, my now, you know, my ex, he, we were together for four years. We lived together. Um, and for a year, the last year and a half of our relationship, like we weren't happy, but for me, because I did not have truly did not have a foundation of self-worth and self-love, I was entirely enamored by how much I love this man. I was entirely like unhealthily like self-reliant on him for my own happiness. So when he was unhappy, I'm like, take mine, take whatever I have. I don't need it. You know, if you're happy, I'm happy. It's so unhealthy. It's so unhealthy. I have come to the realization that, you know, a relationship is not to become one, but at the end of the day, no one walks in your footsteps every single day doing having every experience you do. It's not possible. No one else, again, no one else is you. You are never going to be anyone else. So your footsteps in life and your experiences are entirely your own. So it's not you to become one. It's two individual people that are choosing to walk their individual paths of life side by side with each other. In, you know, and definitely in a collaborative way, definitely in a blended way, you know, your, your lives are definitely immersed, but you're not one person. That's never the case. And so, you know, if you're not at that place and you feel this, like your happiness relies on another, it means you need, you have some trauma, you have some work to do. And that's okay. Because there, if there's, you know, if I know anything, it's that there's always an opportunity to start. And that's literally now that's literally tomorrow. It's, you know, yesterday, 
there's always an opportunity to start. And so when we broke up, we were still had a lease together and I initially took it as this is a mutual thing because also I wanted us to get back together. So I was not taking it as an absolute. And we also didn't know how to navigate a breakup because we didn't have this horrible relationship and this horrible, you know, friendship with each other. We just truly hadn't done the work on ourselves. And so, and we had such a easy, natural process of falling in love in the first two years of our relationship, like no fights, that when shit hit the fan, we didn't know how to navigate the situation. And so we just kept pushing it under the rug, pushing the rug, instead of being like, we weren't capable to say, I love you enough to say this is bullshit. I'm not going to deal with this. But I didn't have self-love. I didn't have a foundation of worth. So for me, I wasn't going to put up press on the situation when it came to negative things. I was like, I'll bear this burden and we'll just figure it out. We'll just, we love each other. We'll make this work. That's not healthy. So when we broke up, you know, it was six months back and forth and it finally came to, this was like my first, I mean, in my mind, this was like my first time stepping into, um, my own power. Um, and you know, he had reached out and was like, Hey, do you want to see each other? And I told him I wanted to, of course I wanted to see him again. Of course I wanted us to work out, but you know, I had seen my friend a couple days prior hysterically bawling over my ex still six months after the breakup and you know because we were like talking here and there but like not involved it was very messy (laughs) but I'm bawling hysterically in her house and she goes I think you both have been avoiding this conversation for far too long and you need to stop waiting on him to have the same to say it finally and you need to be the one to you're not getting anywhere with this and you're not happy And that was it. And I, as much as my heart was like, I want to, I want to see him again. He wants to see me. There's potential. I had to literally go against the grain of my own heart and choose myself and show up for myself and essentially told him, you have to let me go and you need to be selfish and find your own happiness. But this is killing me because ultimately I feel that I want to get back together and you are still undecided on me and I'm not willing to wait around for someone that is undecided about me. Don't wait for someone to choose you. If you choose yourself every time, you won't have to um, convince someone of your greatness. You won't have to convince someone to choose you. You won't have to show and do these things outside of your natural, incredible, wonderful self to prove your worth to someone else because you've grounded yourself in a way that you know your worth regardless of an outside opinion. So it was a two-hour phone call bawling both of us hysterically. We both knew that that was going to be the last call. And let me preface, I have nothing. I literally have not a negative word to say about this man. He is a great person. All the blessings that come into his life, he is deserving of. We've talked, you know, in the last three years here and there, um, some dramatic conversations, but just some also just genuine conversations. And, you know, I'm at peace with that. And it took a long, long fucking time. (laughs) And it took a lot of that was like the pivot point of like, I had to kick off and start facing myself. 
So I think like the next phase of going into my self-love journey was like I had no one else to like lean on to not so I could avoid facing my own bullshit. So I had to just look in the mirror and was like, this is because of you, which going into that, you know, my drinking, I was escaping to drinking. I have a very, um, you know, family driven dynamic of alcoholism. And I also have a lot of really, really bad traumas growing up um, that I'm actually in one of the episodes, I'm going to talk deep into those things because this is all about how much is too much. Let's fucking talk about it. So that episode is going to be turning your traumas into triumphs because we're all about our inner power here. And, you know, things happen to you, but you can turn them around. So I realized I was like, I drink and I'm reckless and all that I do, I make these decisions and say, it's fine. You know, like I just like, oh, I'm just having a good time. And then the decisions I make in those moments, it just is on a constant repeat of I wake up with regret. I'm disappointed. I let people take advantage of me. I, you know, I still don't have at this point in my journey, this is, you know, about three years ago, I don't have a true understanding of my own worth. And that takes a lot of mistakes. And, you know, I am also been always been kind of in relationships prior to this breakup. So I've never been single and just like navigated that world. So once I got past like the heartbreak, you know, then I'm out in the dating world. I'm doing the damn thing. I'm, you know, I'm like, let's go. I'm flirting. I'm single. I'm, I'm going to thrive now. And, you know, I thought at the time, like I was like, yeah, this is self-love. <laughs> Be bold, do your thing. And it is a part of it. But like, you know, again, for a, a great story and example is there's a dude and I I thought we were just, my friend set us up and this guy lived in Florida, but he come to Ohio with my guy friend. He's like, my guy friend's like, Hey, I want to meet you to meet this guy, whatever. We go out drinking and it was like a setup for just like a hookup. And I was like, I was in no place to date. I'm like, say less. This da- man was fine as hell. I'm like, okay. The vibe was immediate, like whatever. So I thought it was just like a write off situation in that fact. And when I saw him the next day and hung out with him again and, you know, he was like, come to Florida, come see me. I'm like, you're crazy. That's fucking weird. And he's like, no, please like come see me. I'm like, he's like, I don't know what it is about you, whatever. Well, I love, I love to flirt. I love, you know, men and women's energy or like just, I mean, just sexual energy in general. Like I love that shit. So for me too, I'm like, you know, I'm going through like having my heart broken and I'm like, wow, this man is enamored by me. He is so fine. I'm taking everything he's saying for face value. L-O-L. So we start FaceTiming over the course of like weeks and weeks. And, you know, it was like on repeat, really good conversations. I just felt comfortable. My dumbass booked a flight to Florida and I went and stayed a weekend with him. And it was a really great weekend. Again, I'm like, this person is just, it clicked. Like, immediate attraction, high-level attraction, high-level sexual compatibility, um, you know, super fucking funny. Like, we just had a, a great time. And we go into it, and I'm like, and then he came to Ohio. He met some of my friends, whatever. I'm this dumbass that's so dependent on the, was at the time, so dependent on a man's love and affection to validate myself that I, I would do weird shit, but this was one of the weirdest. Why for this man's birthday did I 
order furniture, a fucking coffee table, and then like a, you know, a selfie stick thing for him, a tripod for him to set up his phone for our FaceTimes, had this shit delivered to his house, a coffee table. I want you to know that this was a lesson because he ended up um, a couple weeks after ghosting me when he when I said I wanted to talk about some shit, ghosted me entirely. Um, I found out he was dating someone else, and that was my first exposure to fuck boy paradise, as I like to call it. Um, literally, it's not a paradise, but fuck boy island, like the show. Literally, this was my introduction. So. Over the course of, you know, that span of time in my life, which was like, you know, two years solidly, honestly, um, of just like believing people for face value, letting dudes take the best of me, letting them see all my vulnerabilities without qualifying them first, which it is so important to qualify people. Your standards are not too high if you hold yourself to the same standard. And I have just recently realized this. So don't for a second think if you're like, I want a man that makes as much money or more than me. Nope, not a high standard because you do it yourself. I want a man that's adventurous and wants to go on trips and, you know, likes to live life. Not high standard if you hold yourself to the same and you can do it for yourself. So I had to work through being like, you know, fucked over. I've been manipulated. I've been ghosted. I've been played. But again, the self-love built when I started, instead of just going like, oh, this happened to me. Damn, this is, you know, so tragic. Like, I'm so unlucky. I started recognizing that, like, what is my role? What decision did I make that brought me to this place? Okay, how do I maneuver moving forward? Okay, well, this is clearly a trigger for me. And I I slowly, you know, after mistakes and bad situations and just life... I I kept showing up and asking the questions. I stopped accepting what was and started focusing on what I could control and how I could change my own narrative. And that's when, you know, in the days now, you know, where I'm at currently, I have these waves of just pure self-love pouring over me on repeat and It's all because of the work I've done over the last few years where I kept showing up. I stopped taking my own bullshit and I admitted when I was wrong and I did better the next time. I actually maneuvered differently the next time. And now I'm in a place where like I cannot be finessed. I know the the games. I also know like my own triggers. Like I know like, okay, you're having, you're dealing with the shit, but like, we're not about to spiral and go on like, we're drinking, partying out, reckless shit. We're going to focus on saving our money. We're going to focus on getting that aggression out in the gym. We're going to reinvent the wheel on how I process my own traumas as they come into my life. And I, you know, and, and part of this too, I did therapy on and off, um, mostly on, but for two years when me and my ex broke up because I literally was so lost I had no idea how I navigated from there. It is okay to not know, but use your resources. These are the moments where like you feel the most scared and you're like, oh, you know, I should do this, but you don't. You keep pushing it off, pushing off. Pull the trigger one day and stop making excuses to yourself because the more you do that, you're not letting anyone else down but yourself. And I'm sorry, but I do not play a pity party. I have been through some really bad shit 
I, I own up to the way I have impacted my life and the way that things happen to me. And I know how to differentiate them, which came from therapy. But I don't sit there and say, oh, well, this happened to me. So, you know, that's why I'm like this. No, this happened to me, period. And I am this way because I choose to be. So ultimately, it's not. And it's also about like, no, keep reminding yourself, like, don't feel bad for the things you demand. I'm at a place now where I want to be in a relationship. I want a husband. I want kids. Like, I want all that. But like last year in 2021, I was really having a hard time processing how after over two years, I was still single. Nothing. I mean, I have had no boyfriend. Um, Dating at 30 is into, you know, late 20s and your 30s is very comical. I'm going to do an episode about that, too, because (laughs) honestly, I LOL again. And, you know, but. I I had a lot of insecurities in the last year about like how why is no one choosing me? Why am I not worthy? Why am I not enough? Again, I hadn't healed and really built and tight my foundation wasn't fully built on my self-worth until I took a deep breath and instead of, you know, you know, asking and whining essentially about why not me? Why not me? I kept proving to myself why. Why me? Okay. You, you show up every day to the gym. Love that. You, you know, you dress up for yourself. You don't dress up to, you know, be seen or whatever. You dress up because you like to feel good. Um, you take, I started dating myself. Can I just say to all the single people out there, date your damn self for real. And I think, you know, I might do a podcast on that, but like, I literally go to dinner by myself. I'm like, you know what? I want ramen. I am going to treat myself. When me and my ex had like first broke up within that first six months, we were still involved. I booked a trip to Naples, mind you, because I was so self-reliant on everyone and I didn't trust myself because I hadn't shown up for myself. I had no, at that time, you know, I had, that's the other part of it is that the more times you show up for yourself, the more you entrust in your abilities to do the things you set your mind to. Let me say it again. The more times you repeatedly show up for yourself, you are building trust in your abilities to handle and be successful in the things you set your mind to. So that is the process. You know, you're, it's just like a best friend. You know, you wouldn't sit there and you wouldn't sit there and, you know, rely on them if they kept flaking on you, dissing you, whatever. Why do you do it to yourself? So I booked this trip to Naples and I was so self-reliant on people and my ex that when I traveled, I didn't even know what gate we were going to, what time. I just showed up when they told me and hoped that my friends would navigate me through. So I'm like, you know what? You need to go be by yourself. So I went, booked a hotel. I got a rental car. I got the flight. I flew down by myself. I took myself out to a $150 dinner at a fine dining restaurant and sat at a table by myself because I have flipped the script on, you know, pouring love into everyone else and thinking that this, you know, relationship was everything I needed. And I started pouring the love I was giving into myself. And that is literally what dating yourself is about. What do I like? I like to be taken out. I'm going to take myself out. What do I like? I like to dress up. I like to have my hair and nails done. I'm going to take care of those things for me. So, you know, it, it, if you're listening to this, 
one, you are a freaking goddess, God. I mean, seriously, you are one of one. That is actual facts. You are unique and you fucking matter. So let's right now drop the bullshit about, you know, woe is me, woe is me. If you're listening to this, then it means you care enough to to try and understand, literally. And just give yourself grace. You're going to make mistakes. I, I honestly, I know that there's going to be far worse things that happen to me in my life that I'm so unprepared for, but I have the mentality knowing that I've built tools within myself to get through it. So you will too. If you're in a, the lowest part of lowest you've ever been, believe me that if you pick up tomorrow and you say, make one decision that is for you and for you only the next day, if you keep that on repeat, you're going to see these limmer, little glimmers of you, you evolving and you're going to feel your, you're going to feel your love really. And so, you know, again, like I said, it's not absolutely not. Is it a final destination, but it's 100% a forever journey. And, you know, I can sit in, I can stand tall and confident at this point in time still single, still, uh, you know, very independent, but entirely in love with myself. I would not for a second, not one day do I wake up and go, I wish I was someone else, or I wish I looked like this, or I wish I had this. I literally go, okay, what do you want? How are we going to get it? Because we don't settle over here at all. I don't settle on myself, so I'm not going to settle for anything else that's less than what I deserve in life, because literally you are deserving you are deserving. Scratch the bullshit about this, that, or the other. Straight up, nothing else. You are deserving. So I hope that this episode, you know, helped you to feel connected and know that you're not alone. And, you know, the person maybe you're looking at right now that you're like, I wish I was them. You have no idea what all the steps it took to get there. So pave your own path. Be that person that you want to be. You are so capable. You are so worthy. And I hope you know that you are loved by the people in your life and you, are, you deserve to be loved by you. Thanks for listening to this episode of How Much is Too Much. Have a great day.